Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name's Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I'm going to talk about some lessons learned over my, I guess it's been about eight years since I've worked online. I started dabbling kind of as a side project, and then it became my full-time thing in 2015. So I've been doing it full-time for six years. So I'm going to talk about lessons learned and what not to do if you want to be successful online. For the people listening on the podcast, this is one of those rare occasions where I'm recording video too, so I decided to have a beer. I'm actually recording down in the sort of new studio, so I'm moving my office downstairs because I'm working on a podcast. I'm pouring the beer. That's what that is. So I'm working on a new podcast with my buddy Carl Jensen. I've talked about it, teased the fact that it's coming out soon. And by the time you listen to it, listen to this episode, our new show, the Mile High Five podcast might be out. But anyway, the point is I've been recording down here in the basement. So it's a little bit of a change of scene. I don't have everything situated. It's an unfinished basement, but I have like carpet down here. There's a couple chairs. I have my lighting stuff and I have a laptop that I use as the sort of control center and we record video as well. So it's kind of cool. And I'm recording down here, decided to have a beer. It is the afternoon. I'm not recording in the morning. So this is an afternoon beer. So it's all good. If you are sort of new to the, uh, to the podcast or to niche site project or anything like that, I have a YouTube channel and I have the podcast. I kind of repurpose some of the content. A lot of the topics are very similar. The podcast has uh, sort of a a longer attention span, a a visitor, (laughs) sorry, not a visitor, but a listener for the podcast actually will listen much longer. They seem to be better. So no offense, you YouTube folks out there that are watching me, but I know if you're watching on YouTube, you're distracted by all the other videos that you have the option to watch. So unless you really, really like me for some reason, there's a good chance you're not going to watch the whole video. That said, we'll get into some of the some of the details. Before, before I get into the topic of the day, I got to thank a couple sponsors. Number one, Niche Website Builders. They have done for you sites. They have a content service. I use the content service every month. I have 20,000 words published on a website for me. And then over on the link building side, I have a shotgun skyscraper campaign. They've been doing excellent. They also have a few other options. One of my favorites, especially new favorites from niche website builders is the frequently asked questions, the FAQ content service. So check that out. There's a lot of details about what that is exactly, but it's a thing that I've been doing for a few years, highly effective. The other sponsor is Ezoic, and you should check out their new, I think tool is what I can call it, but it helps your site load faster. It's called Leap, and it's replacing the site speed accelerator, which is the thing I've talked about for a few years. And Leap is being launched to help everyone with their core web vital scores and being a fast loading, pleasant site to visit. So check out Ezoic and Leap. All right. So the topic for today, 
is sort of spawned from a couple different things. Number one, I get answer answers. I get questions all the time from people. What are traits for successful students that you work with, people that you bump into? What things can you identify that all those people share? Which is a really hard question and you know, people want to maybe take a shortcut. They're trying to figure out what they need to do to be successful. So I can't blame anyone for asking that. A lot of times it's a more boring answer than what we hope because there's no shortcut. There's no secret. So I'll get into that. And just to end the suspense here, usually persistence and dedication to a specific project is going to pay off over almost anything else, even competence, because I'm not highly competent in many different areas, but I'm pretty fucking stubborn and I will stick to something for a pretty long time, even when it seems like there's no positive results coming in. You need some good feedback and that's part of the game here, but usually persistence is one of the keys. So that's one of the common questions that made me think about this this episode and my lessons learned. We're going to cover a couple of things on business setup too, which very minor. You'll understand why, but it's very minor as far as what we're going to cover today. So the other thing is not only that question, but I was in a a mastermind group not too long ago and it's also kind of a person that I put together in my head. So there was a person in this mastermind group who really just never executed. They had the biggest ideas. They wanted to do so much. They were unfortunately the most confident sounding person in the mastermind group. So if someone came in with a problem, this individual sounded very authoritative, like they have done it before, like they are just a badass motherfucker and they know exactly how to do it and they've done it before and they've done it repeatedly. Turns out they've never launched anything. They just listen to a lot of podcasts and watch a lot of YouTube videos and they never actually executed. They just talk about and think about executing and launching things. And unfortunately, in the time that I've known the person, they haven't launched shit. So that is uh, sad in some ways. And I'm not sure if the person just gets distracted or if they just like the idea of launching things and doing things. And not to say there's not good ideas because I'm I'm trying to learn from, you know, each person I have an interaction with. So if that person actually brought me feedback, I might think to myself, well, there, there might be a nugget of truth here. I need to examine it. But as time went on, I realized you know, maybe there's not there's not as many good ideas coming through. And this person spent a lot of time on what I consider unimportant tasks. So this is part of the business setup stuff where people can spend a shitload of time with logo design, trying to come up with a name, trying to come up with like a customer avatar as a exercise and they'll keep iterating and iterating and trying to figure out exactly like what their target market is. And that's not to say those things aren't important. Although I don't have a logo and I don't really care to have a logo. 
I mean, I think branding is really important, but I don't come from that background. So I don't spend much time on it. It's not a priority for me or anything like that. So that said, it's really easy to spend time on that unimportant stuff. Some of that may even be things where it feels good and you end up with an end product at the end of the day. The challenge with drinking a beer while I'm recording is I'm going to have to get a drink occasionally. So I'm going to get a drink right now. What I'm drinking here is a Breckenridge Brewery Avalanche Amber Ale, caramel body with a light hop character. It's not bad. It's a good beer. I dig it. I'm trying to get it to focus over here on the YouTube side on the can. Very slowly, it's done that. So some of the things that you can spend time on, which maybe aren't as important, setting up and designing the website, getting that perfect design versus just launching something get it out the door, and then you could tweak it later. Sometimes we perpetually learn (laughs) and you continue to research when you have enough information to launch. I've seen this in the form of taking courses, right? So you can do free research out there on blogs and podcasts and YouTube, and that's cool. Usually a course is going to get you there faster, but if you have resources and you have capital, you may spend a lot of money on courses and there's even more motive, sort of like motivation to get the courses because you think there's more value in there, which there often is. And you just take course after course so that you're an expert in all these different areas with the knowledge, but you haven't actually launched anything. You haven't implemented the things in the courses. Additionally, webinars are a thing where there's a strong marketing component in there. So they really entice you to show up on those webinars and then you end up buying more courses. And again, at some point in time, you have enough information in your brain. You just need to launch it because you can't, you can't get the real market information and feedback that you need unless you try to sell something, unless you actually get to your audience and launch the thing that you're trying to do. So a lot of it is around taking action. So figuring out what you're going to do, designing a plan, and then implementing what you say you're going to do. There's so many times where someone will spend a lot of time on a plan. Maybe they're doing keyword research, right? If you're launching a a content site, for example, whether you're going to monetize with display ads like from Ezoic, or if you're going to go Amazon affiliate or some other affiliate route, you could spend months trying to find all the keywords. You could try to find thousands and thousands of keywords, but really you could probably launch with like 10, 20 keywords, get some content out the door, and then you start that feedback loop you start executing, you, you learn about different pieces of the puzzle here. If you just spend all your time on keyword research, you could potentially not launch. And I've, again, bumped into several people. And I want to emphasize, I wasn't outing a specific person in my mastermind group. I sort of created this person, which is a mix of different people. I tried to make it sound very real. So hopefully that, that came across here. So execution, implementing, Designing a plan, trying to come up with some things, super important. A couple other areas, uh, things that I've seen 
So you got the courses, you could perpetually research. I've also seen people really love to buy products, right? Hey, I'm no, I'm no different. I'm, I get those marketing emails, although I've tried to unsubscribe from many of them, but classic is AppSumo. So AppSumo puts together great deals. They negotiate with companies. And a lot of times you can get some sort of a lifetime deal for super cheap. I mean, we're talking, you can get a lifetime deal for a product that is about the same price or sometimes a little bit cheaper than what it would cost for a year of whatever product it is. So really high value. And it's very easy to start buying these products thinking, oh, I'm going to pay for lifetime email service. I'm going to pay for a webinar platform. I'm going to pay 350 bucks. I'll get lifetime access. So once I finally launch it, I will use the webinar platform. I got the email marketing in place. You have your whole tech stack out there. Meanwhile, you're still dragging your feet and you haven't launched anything. So (laughs) this is easily becoming kind of a rant session against people that don't take action. But if you're in that spot, you could pull out of that, right? Don't spiral out of control. It's all about taking action and doing something. Even the smallest piece of uh, implementation from one of your courses, even the smallest thing will help you move forward, develop a little momentum, and then hopefully you'll get hooked on the execution part. And I think that's one of my strengths. I will often launch something early (laughs) when I'm not ready for it. I'll rush it out the door just because I know it's okay if it's not perfect. I used to be sort of a perfectionist, and then I realized that it it didn't matter and I was going to fuck up anyway, sadly. There's always going to be a little mistake or some kind of goof up. So you may as well just get it out the door. That's better than not shipping, right? It's all about shipping. So I'm going to get off the soapbox here in a second, but overall, I mentioned a couple things, perpetually buying things without implementing researching, just ongoing with no end in sight. It's really easy to do. And uh, kind of playing business, right? We can kind of look at it as someone playing business and they don't really have a business. So with that said, I think we'll move into some of the business setup and just come at some of the quick tips there. And actually, I'm going to I'm gonna take a quick sip of the beer here. I actually have the ability to pause here for a sec. And for the people on the YouTube side, you can see I drank about half my beer just now. So that'll catch up with me here in a few minutes. I don't have too many tips on the business setup side of things because you'll figure it out when the time's right. I didn't worry about so many things when I got started because I kind of knew the execution was the most important part. I did not worry about forming a company or an LLC. I didn't worry about a logo, as I mentioned before. I didn't think, oh, I need to come up with the perfect name for my business. I just dragged my feet and did this stuff on the side. The one smart thing, as I'm sort of a nerdy spreadsheet engineer type, I realized from a bookkeeping perspective, 
it would be way easier if I had a sort of separate checking account or at least a separate credit card. I had a spare credit card, which was a personal card, and I wasn't actively using it for, well, I just wasn't actively using it for anything. So basically, I just started charging anything that was business related on that credit card. So whenever I looked at one credit card versus another, I knew, like versus the family credit card, I knew all the stuff on this one credit card was a business expense. So it was really easy for me to run the numbers, do the bookkeeping, which I still do the bookkeeping myself every month. I could put it off quarterly, but I do it every month. I want to sort of understand exactly what I'm spending money on and what I'm earning money from. So you don't have to do that. You could hire a bookkeeper and just get your end of month numbers or end of quarter numbers, but I want to do it myself just because it's easy enough. It doesn't take me too long. And it's kind of a review of the month from an expense standpoint. And that helps me really control things. So from a monthly standpoint, I can cancel services that I don't use. I can see, oh, the expenses were pretty lean. That's great. Why weren't they as lean the previous month? And then I could look back and see, oh, I spent money on X, Y, or Z. And it's just very clear to me where the money's coming from and where it's going. So I I encourage people to do your own bookkeeping for that very reason. Now, from a tax standpoint, as I mentioned before, you know, you can potentially, well, I, I guess I didn't say this, but I could do my bookkeeping quarterly. I need to know my numbers because I pay taxes quarterly. So once you do form a business, a corporation, an LLC, whatever it may be, you'll probably need to pay taxes quarterly. So remember, you need to save something like 30%. I mean, you'll get a handle on exactly what you need to keep a hold of, but roughly 30% should get you pretty close and you can hone it in a little bit more exact as you go along. If you work with an accountant, which I do at this point in time, I let them know my P&L for the quarter and then we kind of run it from there. If you do earn enough, you may you might have to pay like bi-weekly. So that's sort of a newer thing in the last year or so for me. And I, I don't know what the threshold is, but you may have to pay um, more often than quarterly if you hit you know, some earning threshold. So keep, keep an eye out for that. At that point in time, you're crushing it, right? So you have an accountant helping you out and letting you know in the IRS um, or whatever your tax entity is, they send you notifications. Hey, you have to pay more often because you're doing a good job earning money. So the other thing is don't worry about forming a company like really early. It's not a huge tax advantage until you start earning some significant amount of money. It helps you uh, pay a little bit less in taxes, but it's a little more complicated. You will have to do payroll. So consult your tax professional. I'm not one of those, but you'll have to do some payroll and pay payroll taxes. I don't know all the things that are involved in that, but that's things like social security 
and unemployment insurance. So you'll have to pay those things, but you do save a little bit. Another kind of cool benefit is once you have your company, you can and you're doing payroll, you can do a, I think it's a solo 401k. So with a solo 401k, you can contribute as an employee because you have payroll, you're getting paid a salary, and you could also contribute to a 401k as the employer. So instead of hitting the max of the 401k, which is something like $19,500 roughly in that in that range, you can also match it as the employer up to 25% of the salary. So for example, if my salary was $80,000 a year, as I do it through payroll, I could contribute as an employee $19,500. And then as the employer, I could match by 25% or $20,000, making it, uh, what is that, $34,500. And that would be a, obviously a much bigger contribution to your 401k. So that's kind of a big tax advantage, fairly advanced. You need to be pulling in um, a reasonable amount of money at that point, but it's a good way to do some tax deferred savings for your retirement if that's your thing, which I mean, you may as well if you're earning that much money. So one of the other things I want to emphasize about being successful, and we'll we'll move on from the business tips and setup, because like I said, there's a lot of stuff you can spend your time on, but you could kind of just execute, just earn money, and then you could figure out the other stuff later. All right. You can hire someone to coach you. You can maybe watch or listen to some podcast, YouTube videos, whatever about people that are doing some more advanced stuff. So I didn't worry about any of this for the first like three, four years. I was just figuring this out. I was doing it on the side. Occasionally I made a lot of money, but I had ups and downs until I got laid off. And then once I got laid off, I was able to really focus on the business. And after I was kind of shuffling around, I was dabbling in different areas for a bit. Once I got my handle on what I like to do and what I was good at doing and what was profitable, I knew what to spend time on. The thing is, if you want to be successful online, you need to focus really hard. I think one of the most powerful things you could do is to find something that you're decent at, something that you enjoy. You're a little bit successful. You don't have to be awesome, but you iterate on it over and over again. It's boring to do that. You're doing something and you're refining the process over and over again. And I'll give you an example Probably the best example for the work that I've done. Actually, I can give you two. (laughs) I can give you two. Number one, the first thing that I was kind of successful at is Amazon affiliate sites. And you know what? I still talk about them. And that has been eight years ago. So I could have dabbled, right? I could have done Amazon affiliate, branched out to some other affiliate type ideas, uh, done some drop shipping, maybe Amazon FBA white label my own products and go that route. And 
those things were very popular and very hot at different points in time. Some people are still, you know, going to those different areas. They're all valid business models. But I found the first thing that worked for me and then I stuck with it over and over again. I had some ups and downs, but through the iteration, I made it work out for me very well. Again, go. let's go back to the persistence. I'm stubborn. I just kept sticking with it. I'm, I'm okay with that. I enjoy like endurance things, whether it's, uh, you know, long hikes or half marathons. I guess I don't enjoy endurance to the marathon level or anything like that. But the point is you stick with it for a long time. Second example is my course business, right? So at the beginning, I decided I want to sell information products as well. My first thing I launched in parallel with Niche Site Project, my blog, and it was an ebook, right? So I launched an ebook, sold a few of them. I've talked about it here and there, and I didn't know anything about copywriting or sales or, I mean, I was so green. I didn't know anything. So it went okay. And I tried to, you know, launch um, a couple other times and eh, some things were okay, but overall it was just a good way for me to test the waters and see that I, I could actually do something on my own. I did get a little momentum started and it was pretty cool. At one point I tried to kind of, I guess, port the ebook into a video course. And I thought, well, a video course has a higher value, just perceived value because it's video. And I essentially just moved everything into PowerPoint slides and then talked over the slides. So not the same sort of value that you might expect, or, I mean, I wasn't, I I don't even think I was on video at all. These were the old days. I mean, that was circa 2014, 2015, something like that. So that that sold a little bit okay, but not that great. Not not what I was expecting, right? So there were a few pieces that weren't quite right. Maybe it wasn't a great market fit. Maybe the the copywriting and some of the sales and marketing materials were a little bit off. And I think it's more the latter, by the way. So fast forward a little bit. I bought a course. It was called Seven Figure Courses by Derek Halpern. I don't think you could even enroll in it at this point in time, but I took that. Timing was perfect for me. I paid a lot for it. I mean, this is one of the courses that I paid, you know, close to 4,000 bucks for, and it paid off huge. One of the great motivators is paying for a course. It really forces me personally to do all the work, 100% of it. I didn't skip any exercises. I did every worksheet. I watched everything multiple times. There were office hours. I showed up for everyone and asked questions every single time. I did everything. I ended up being a success story for that course because I did pretty well. So I think like the first launch, I did over 10K. Not a ton of students. It was under 20 students, I believe, but I did a good job developing the course material and the sales material, which was a perfect match for my audience. So that went well, not outstanding. I mean, you hear people 
that do six-figure launches or seven-figure launches, which is mind-boggling. That, that's in, insane, totally insane. And I've never had a six-figure launch uh, myself, even though I've launched courses, uh, you know, probably, you know, close to, I don't know, over 20, 20 launches over time. But it's not really about those vanity metrics. Although it's not just a vanity metric. I mean, if I did a seven figure launch, that'd be kind of, that'd be pretty awesome. I'd be proud of that. Or a six figure launch would be proud and happy to do that as well. But the point is I did an okay launch. What I realized is it's all about iteration. And and Derek kind of emphasized that in a subtle way within the course. He wanted you to get something out the door. He wanted you to work on different pieces of marketing and refine different areas, optimize different areas, and then move on to the next. There's a lot of different things you could tweak, a lot of different things you could change. So over time, over about two years, I launched my course, Five Figure Niche Site, which is now sort of retired. I'm, I'm moving people over to the multi-profit site or encouraging people to check that one out. It's more modern. It has uh, newer tools. It's just a little more well-rounded at this point in time. But five-figure niche site, over the course of a couple of years, I launched it over and over again, tweaking a different area each time. I, at one point, had like a 14-day launch and I sent out like 20 emails. I mean, it was crazy. And then I've tweaked it down to about a five-day launch and a couple other little details here and there. And it's all about iteration. That's the whole point. I kept working at it over and over again. Once I figured out a piece, I moved on to another one. And it's not about perfecting that piece. It's about you know getting 80% of the way there, right? Just think 80-20, even though those are sort of arbitrary um, numbers. Think about optimizing to a point that you're pretty happy with it and then move on to the next. If I continue optimizing one thing and get from 80 to 85 to 90, unless it's the most important thing, there's a good chance I'd be better off taking something from the 50% success range and then optimizing it to 80%, right? Like there's a little bit more leverage with that sort of a process. So in my opinion, it's about iteration and refining and persistence. The other little story I'll mention as I'm finishing my beer here is I was doing a content on, on content audit on Niche Site Project recently. Let me take a sip here. So I was doing content audit and I went back. I was looking at a couple of the posts that had links to some of my peers when I got started. Some of these were like roundup posts. So imagine like a roundup post. I had 20 people send me their little blurb and there's some people that are still around, right? Spencer Hawes, someone who I followed and I, I still follow to this day, but he was kind enough to participate in the roundup and you know, some other folks, but there's some people that were around before me. They're still around right now. And persistence really shows up, right? As I was going through the 20 that were listed, 
I saw so many 404 errors. This domain is not like running anymore. So there's so many people that just get started and they fizzle out. They hit the first roadblock and they stop. And I'll tell you, all this stuff is not necessarily hard, but it's not necessarily easy either. It takes the dedication. You have to put the time in. For certain things, you have to build relationships with people. Other times, you just have to put in you know, the time of writing. You have to do podcasts. You have to do YouTube videos. Whatever your format is, you have to spend the time and persist. It's kind of amazing that there's so many people that were still around, but as I, I look through, I realized all, all a person had to do was keep showing up more often than not. You don't have to show up every day. You don't have to crush it every week. I fucked up so many times along the way and like was earning great money and then uh, sites got penalized or I, I screwed up in some other way. And it, it was all recoverable. All you have to do is keep moving forward, maybe pivot a little bit. You could even change what you're working on, right? I could have stopped 100% the Amazon affiliate marketing and SEO and gone into something completely different. I could have started a YouTube channel on homebrewing beer and just talk to brewers, right? I would enjoy the hell out of it. It'd be fun. You'd get to visit breweries and it probably could have been successful. It could be successful. I mean, maybe I'll, maybe I will do that. I won't, I won't do that. I got too many other things I'm, I'm working on. Right. But persistence. All right. I could, I could ramble on forever, but I won't. It's almost dinner time and I need to get going. But the point is if you want to start something, if you want to be successful, especially online, whether it's a blog or affiliate marketing, drop shipping, YouTube, podcast, fill in the blank, whatever thing you're thinking about, starting is the most important thing and then sticking with it long enough is the other. Don't fool yourself uh, trying to design the perfect logo. Don't fuck around too much putting together the website. Just stick to the core business, which is often producing your content, whatever it might be, or selling stuff, right? Maybe you're going a slightly different route and you're developing a service. You have to find customers, right? Your logo doesn't really matter that much. People that are paying you money for a service is the most important thing, not the name of your company, not all those other details. And I'm sure people, I mean, we can debate, right? Someone with a branding background perhaps has strong arguments to say why it's so important to have a unified brand, to have your site look just right, the color scheme, and da 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 da. And then other people like me don't really care that much, right? So I think there's value on both sides. But in either case, you have to execute, you have to implement, you have to tweak. I think iteration is one of the most powerful things you could do while you're sticking with it. I hope you enjoy this episode. If you are watching on the YouTube side, check out the podcast. I don't publish everything over there. I kind of treat the podcast people better. You know, maybe they're better people, perhaps. I'm not sure, but check it out. 
The podcast is awesome. Thanks, everyone. We'll catch you on the next episode. All right. Thanks a lot for joining me on The Doug Show. I really do appreciate you taking the time. If you're not subscribed, please consider subscribing. I have a ton of other episodes out there covering lots of different topics. Sometimes I just tell stories. If you are a longtime listener, I appreciate you too. If you haven't left a review, that is awesome because now you have an opportunity to leave a review and that would be totally cool and I would really appreciate it. If you're looking to get started with affiliate marketing or making money online or anything like that, you should go over to nichesiteproject.com. That is my blog. Once you're over there, you just click the green button, enter your name and email address, and then I'll send you a bunch of cool stuff. I'll send you templates, some motivational emails, and I think there's probably just some random emails that I send out there also. So we'll catch you next time on The Doug Show. Thanks.